Everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Creator Flow Podcast. Today we have on a very talented singer, songwriter, everything else. I'm sure she does a lot more. She's making a big name for herself in the music scene. Please welcome to the show, Sarah Antoneda. I know this is not the way to say your name the proper <laughs> way, but welcome to the show and, and, and let everybody know how to do it. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm very excited. My name is Sarah Ontaneda, but Ontaneda, as I <laughs> mentioned before, is totally acceptable and I like how it sounds, so it's all good. And yeah, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer and excited to be on the show. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I've been really excited to have you on. I've had you booked for like, I don't know, a month or so or longer. <laughs> and um, when I get everybody like booked and ready to, to come on the show and the, and the weeks start coming by and the days start coming by before the, the, the recording of the show, I get really like, ooh, what is this person going to be like? Am I, it, like, are they going to be um, the... the what what everything their their page says they are or are they going to be you know this or that and so i'm very excited for this episode but um also i didn't know going in that uh you you did any english singing because from what i saw i was like oh wow she's she does only spanish is there uh, is there any um mix i mean cuz i'm i'm still like not sure yeah um so i Let's see, my album, Entre Espacios y Colores, that's a bilingual album, and that came out in 2017. And so I have a song there that, for some algorithm reason, got really popular. It has like over one, it has over 1.3 million streams, which nice. is kind of a surprise because I didn't really, I didn't really think that that song, I mean, it, like I liked it, obviously, you know, I put it in the album and everything, but I didn't think that it was going to be like one of the popular songs. And but yeah, it's one of those songs that people I think resonated with most because it's a breakup song. And I think, you know, a lot of people have gone through that. And so it's about like the breakup, but also like how you kind of fall in love with yourself when you're going through that, like you discover like, oh, okay, I can be by myself. And I remember I like these things and like the whole healing process after a breakup. So it's called Darling. Um, and then in that album, I also have one called Waiting Outside, Park Drive, which is about my sister and My City, which is like a song about long distance relationships. Um, yeah, so I do have some songs in English, but I think the newer stuff that I'm doing is definitely more in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. No, I only ask because I know our, our listeners are going to likely be English speaking um, listeners, but I mean, I think it's really important that, you know, you do what, what obviously makes you the most comfortable and what, what resonates with your lyrics and your music and I think, you know, not, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not sure if the word cheapening is, is the word, but if, if, if going to English isn't the strongest thing to do and the best route is Spanish, then go for it. Um, yeah, I definitely yeah. think there's, you know, you could, there's plenty of Spanish songs that I listen to that if you translate it to English, it either won't make sense or it's kind of funny because yeah. uh, the translation isn't quite there. Yeah. Yeah. I also have to say, I grew up in Miami. <laughs> so like the, 
right. English in Miami is like its own thing. Like it is very certain phrases are like very translated. Like when someone says like, oh, ella se jura, like, oh, she swears. And it's not like swearing <laughs> like a bad word. It's just like, oh, she swears she's the, sh the shit, you know, <laughs> or something right, like right, right. stuff. Like it's translated so precisely that if you don't know the phrase in Spanish, it kind of doesn't make sense. So, yeah. So certain things like that, like I do feel like I have to when I write in English kind of look out for because you know, you want people to understand your lyrics. Um, so, so yeah. So I think when I write, I just really go with what feels best. And like, as I'm writing and producing, like I always start mumbling phrases and that's how my songs start usually. And sometimes it's in Spanish. Like a lot of times it's in Spanish that I'm like, Oh, like, you know, it has like, it feels good rhythmically and it goes with the music and there's a cool melody going on. And so I just go with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful because uh, again, like it's just your, your most comfortable uh, spot, I bet. Yeah. And yeah. so how did, I mean, clearly, I mean, I think you, I mean, you just, you did just mention Miami, but you're on, you're in New York right now? Yes, yes. I live in New York. I've been here seven years. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's great because my question was going to be how, how has the environment shaped you in New York? But I guess you could also touch upon Miami. Like how has the music scene in both cities, especially, you know, big Latin populations in both areas and then also New York being what it is known for music and a bunch of music venues here in New York City and you could do live events and whatnot. How has the, the, the environment shaped the way you are as a musician? I definitely think that I have influences from everywhere. Growing up in Miami, I definitely, you know, have that like Hispanic influence and also culturally my parents are Ecuadorian. Ecuadorian. I'm Ecuadorian American. Um, I also lived in Guayaquil several years. So um, all through high school, I was in Guayaquil. And then as a toddler, I was in Guayaquil. So yeah, like every, for sure, like even that experience of like moving several times has really impacted my songwriting and the processes of moving and starting over and like rediscovering things. And I think music has always been like the constant for me, like growing up, I started music when I was very young and I knew that, you know, like, okay, whether it was in Miami or it was in Ecuador, I was always studying classical piano and going to conservatories and like learning music. So it was always kind of like a safe place. And that's why I think I became a musician and I continue to do music. Um, so yeah, so influences from everywhere. I feel like the New York scene is a little bit tougher just because it's so big and there's so much variety to choose from. Um, but I think with time, I've kind of met like really cool musicians and artists. And I kind of know like who to play with and who to book with, because that's also something that you have to think about. Like when you're making shows, you have to make sure that the bill for the show is like kind of, you know, it's not like, oh, it's country music and then it's hip hop. I mean, that could be cool. And that's kind of interesting of New York too, but also kind of like having people on the bill that are similar to what you do and like we can get 
you know, people that like our music to come out for that night. So, so yeah, so definitely it's, it's different. It's for sure different, but I think New York is very inspiring. Like the art here, you really have a different thing every night going on, not only musically, but you can go to an exhibition of photography or you can, um, yeah, you just going out, you can really discover a lot of things. Absolutely. I mean, New York City, I think, is definitely like the haven uh, or one of the havens for um, music still and artists in general. I mean, um, like you said, like I, I had a hard time the other night just figuring out like, where do I want to go as a as a as a uh, an audience member? Where do I want to go see music? And there's yeah. there was like twenty other venues I was just checking out. And I'm not even talking about Madison Square Garden or the Barclays Center. I'm talking about like smaller venues. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's rough for a audience member to figure out who do I want to see. Let alone imagine if I was you, and what what's the best place for people to figure out who I really am. Um, yeah. That's got to yeah. be rough. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, it 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 is kind of difficult. And I also feel like since the pandemic, um, it's been a little bit harder because a lot of venues kind of closed down. I, I kind of lost track, too, of like, you know, who's doing what, what type of music is being played where. Um, so yeah, so for sure, for sure. It's like a a lot to choose from, but it's also cool. I think it's a cool place to be active all the time. Like if I don't think that it's a problem to constantly play in New York city, because there's just so much people and so much to do that. I don't really think that it plays against you if you were like gigging a lot. Yeah, absolutely not. I don't think so either. Like I, I, I would have to agree with that. There's there's too many venues to be, um, you know, stretched out too thin. You could yeah. be playing in Bushwick, Brooklyn, one day, and the the next you're in Queens or Manhattan, and yeah. it's just no one even knew you played. And it's just, exactly. I mean, that's the detriment of it, though, because it's so big of a city. <laughs> yeah. That like you could play anywhere and no one would have any idea you did, <laughs> which is yeah. which is one thing. But um, yeah. I mean, I think you, you touched upon you've been doing this stuff since you were a kid. Um, take us through that. Like, what was it like playing music at such an early age and then evolving to what you are now? So I started music when I was seven with piano lessons, and I just really enjoyed it. It was kind of playtime for me. And then that evolved into singing, singing in choirs. Um, at that time, I was living in, in Miami and then for middle school. Um, I moved back to Ecuador. So it was middle school and high school. And there I was also continuing with studies. And when I was 17, you know, it's a time to apply for college. I was like, okay, what do I really want to do? And I told my parents, I want to do music. And they were actually really supportive, which was kind of like, everyone was like, what, your parents supported you? Like, yeah, yeah, they, I think they saw it coming just because I had been doing it for such a long time. Um, And so then I went to Berklee College of Music, Boston, and I was there the four years. I studied um, contemporary writing and production is what the major is called. And it's basically music for advertising for um, it can be also for film for there was some video game um, music for video game classes, some 
some production. Um, we did do a bit of songwriting, but I really thought that I was going to do like instrumental music. Um, and I did like, after I graduated work on some music for these apps and, and whatnot, but I really kind of missed singing and I missed writing lyrics. And so that's when I started going to open mics in Boston. And I remember playing like in Starbucks, like there was this month that I played like every weekend in like the Starbucks in Cambridge. Um, and yeah, that's when I really started to like, okay, I want to write more songs. I want to do an EP. And I really didn't have any expectations. I didn't know if, if people were going to listen to my music or not. I just like, it was like a personal project that I really had to complete. And so I started producing it um, in my room and it was a five song EP called Marte Jupiter. And that came out in 2015. And I, promoted it very poorly because I had no idea <laughs> like what you were supposed to do I think at that time like Spotify was like very new so I just like you know I didn't even have a single I just released the whole thing and yeah that's that's when I started to like perform and like do more things and doors started opening and with that EP I actually uh, went to South by Southwest um, in 2016 and so slowly like the ball started rolling with with my music and it was kind of fun to see in a way like oh okay like there is like not a lot of people but a few people are listening to this and and so yeah I was inspired to keep going yeah <laughs> yeah no you touched upon a couple of things that I want to talk about I mean I it seems as if for at least a moment there you lived a very stream of conscious life like just you went by you went with whatever you're going with the flow for, for, for instance. Yeah. Um, but you brought up early on in your life, you said your parents supported you. And I think that that's kind of important because, I mean, I think that's beyond kind of important because so many, especially like, I don't know, us in the, you know, Latin culture, like a lot of our parents don't understand what we're trying to do with our lives. They yeah. don't quite get the world that is not in their bubble. And they don't have this... Uh, uh, sympathetic attitude towards <laughs> other people's ventures. Yeah. And, you know, for, for us who wanted to get into the film world, you know, our parents are very much like, what in the hell? Why would you want to do that? And yeah. uh, whatever. Um, that That's key there, I think. And I, um, you know, you know, God bless for you having those types of parents. Yeah. Um, like, were they always that way? Or was it just a matter of you egging them on to be like, no, this is what I want to do? I think that it was kind of always that way, even though, like, I think my dad was like, okay, do, you know, think about it. Like, you know, if you want to study something else, something else like business or something like that, that can be cool too. But then, but I would say that they were really supportive. Like, they just saw that since I was little I was very dedicated to music like it was something I always did like in in Ecuador the conservatory system it is kind of like going to a second school so mm. I would finish regular school and then I would go to the conservatory and I would have several classes it wasn't just piano it was like piano history theory 
and then something else like (laughs) so yeah so they saw that okay she spends a lot of time doing these things um so i guess this is what she really likes and this is what she knows and so yeah they they were supportive but i do think that and i have a lot of friends whose parents weren't that supportive they were like no you know you have to go to school become a doctor or like you know work for someone and get a good salary so in that sense i was i was lucky and my parents are not musicians they're both business people um which has been cool because they're kind of like okay you do music but treat your music as a business as well like my mom is really into like okay but like you know like run ads do all these things (laughs) and she like really pushes me to like you know work on the promotion side of this because she's like it's like any business you have to you know invest in promotion so yeah no that that's and the fact that she knew that was important is uh yeah a good a good like insight into who your parents are because uh so many people again uh, i mean i'm speaking from my perspective of like my friend group and people i've talked to over the years uh, which is like you know a lot of our parents are clueless about yeah. that side of the 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 business or whatever uh, or unaware of the arts you know that's like uh, they see it as a hobby they see yeah. it as you know the, okay okay you could do that on the weekends but during the week you gotta you gotta make uh, a real living and it's uh, yeah. kind of a slap in the face for a lot of people but the fact that you had that support system is is, is fantastic that being said as well. You went to one of the most prestigious music schools in the world, or at least in the United States. I, I don't know much about the world music schools, <laughs> but um, I know two people that went to Berkeley. They had an extraordinary experience. Um, what was that like? I really enjoyed it because it was like the first time that I was completely submerged in music and something that I kind of resented about going to. So, you know how I mentioned that in Ecuador, the conservatory was really intense. Mm -hmm. Well, I had classmates that would drop out of school to further their music studies. And we were like 15 and I would be like, okay, that's kind of crazy, but, but they would do that. And so I really, in a sense, I really wanted that to be my life. Mm. And so I was really excited when I, when that became my life at 18 and I was like, okay, studying music every day, it was extremely cool and valuable. And I was very much inspired by classmates and professors and just the shows that were put on school in general. I didn't perform that much at that time because I was more focused on like writing music and making instrumental music. I really enjoyed like seeing, you know, what my classmates were doing. Um, It was amazing. I do have to say it's like a very academic place that you spend a lot of time learning how to write and like harmony and theory and all these classes and arranging and you're arranging for big band. And it's a lot of things for maybe someone who is probably not going to right in that style you know like like big bands are kind of like i know they exist but there isn't that many right so there isn't that many composers for for that so let's say like do you really want to spend all your time learning that craft i mean maybe you do and that's awesome but i do sometimes feel like 
music schools need to be a little bit more updated with what they teach. And something that I think music schools need to teach more is like, okay, let's say people want to be artists and they want to release music, like also have classes that touch on that. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, I think that's important too. I've had um, someone else on in the past who, who um, didn't take the route you took. They took, you know, uh, a, a, a much much different route and their take on music schools was uh like kind of what you just said which is they're a little outdated and you know there needs to be this reawakening if you will uh, at some of these schools um he wasn't putting them down but he was saying that definitely um it's not for everyone yeah it's not for everyone like i had several classmates that they were like, no, I'm just going to like leave school and go to L.A. and like pursue my own thing. And I kind of understood like, OK, they they want to make their time worthwhile and they have already all these songs that they want to release and they want to play them. And like is learning how to write for a big band <laughs> what they really want, you know, where they want to spend their time. Mm-hmm. So totally, totally. It, it is kind of. It is. It, it, I think it depends on the person. I think it's not for everyone. I really enjoyed it. I, I'm kind of a nerd with music. So I enjoyed going through that process. But I do have to say maybe like some classes. Also, I went to school from 2009 to 2013. Mm. So I don't know if things have changed from that. Maybe right. they have. Maybe it's totally different curriculum now. But But yeah, I think you have to kind of, you know... There's there's pros and cons, and you have to weigh that out. Yeah, and the same goes for once you're in the building. That doesn't mean you're gonna, you know, be that type of student. Maybe you're you're. There's so many different types out there. You might be lazy. You might be the go getter. So yeah. there's that as well. Once you're in the building, um, yeah, no, that's extraordinary though that you were able to have that experience. It shaped you uh, and added to your your already you know, well-versed uh, mind in music. And, and I'm sure, obviously, it's helped a lot of your, uh, you know, personal views of music going forward and whatnot. And so after you got out of college, um, what, what, what was life like? Because were you still, um, I know you said you were doing a lot of the shows at the Starbucks and all that. <laughs> but what what was life like? How long did you stay in, in that area? Did you wind up going to New York right away? I mean, because you said you've been there seven years and I'm really bad at math. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually stayed two extra years in 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 Boston Okay. because um, I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. So I had mentioned, you know, that I, I was writing this instrumental music right. and like I started working on a video game at some point mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. But I, I really enjoy that type of work, but it is hard because, for example, like indie video game um, companies, like they don't really have budget. It's probably like two dudes in a basement, you know, <laughs> like, like designing and coding their way through this game. And they, they're like, OK, yeah, like send us all this music and then we'll pay you when this game comes out. And the reality is like, the game may never come out, you know? Oh, yeah. So you're kind of, like, waiting. And and then also, like, I was working with, like, some 
like animators and like um, film creators. And it was like the same thing, you know, they were very indie. So like the rates were low. Um, so I actually started doing music for a podcast company. Nice. And then they were like, yeah, yeah. And then they were like, oh, um, do you edit audio? And I was like, yeah, I, I can, like, I know logic, like I can do editing. And they're like, okay, so like, here are our programs, like start editing them. And so then I actually, until this day, I still work for, for that company. Like they send me their, their files and I do like the audio editing and a little bit of mixing. Um, and so I stayed two years because as I was figuring that out, I was like, okay, I want to move to New York, but I kind of don't want to just move. And then New York is very expensive. Rent is high and like not really have like a solid income or like, you know, just move by myself and like figure things out there, you know? So I just stayed two years um, in my, the same apartment that I was living in working for doing the audio thing, doing my music as well. Um, any other projects or gigs that I had along the way, I was also doing. Um, at some point, I also for this company, they did a, um, a podcast that was about uh, Latin American songs and they needed someone to sing the songs. And so I sang them as well. So just, you know, doing any gig that I could do um, right after I graduated, I did work in Athleta, that store, for two months <laughs> as I was like, you know, trying to like figure things out and get some money. So, yeah, like I think like everything, it, it, it took time. It took time. And after that, I, I kind of also think that like when you have like these side gigs going on, your time becomes more precious to work on your music and so you're like more inspired to like okay I have you know I'm done with like everything I have to do so I'm gonna work on my music until I go to bed and so then like those six hours that you worked on your music you're a lot more productive and inspired because you only have that window right yeah so I kind of like that too about like I do like like gig culture <laughs> touch upon that because I, I know so many people I've done it for a little bit but it's like I like there's so many people that do it and sacrifice so much to get sometimes so little in return uh, in other cases it works out whatever but tell us about that because I mean it's a grind yeah yeah I have to say I got lucky with that company that like till this day I still work for um, because they're they they have a schedule. So like, I know that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they send me these podcasts to edit. So I know that those days I work on that. Um, and then like for anything else, I think what takes time is like, you also have to find the gigs, you know, like I am constantly on the internet and even Craigslist, like looking for, okay, like who needs live music? Like sometimes I, mm. I do these gigs that I just like show up with my guitar and I play some originals and some covers and it really is like restaurant background music. And I don't mind doing them. I really don't like it's a, right. it's for me, it's practice. Like it's a way to like practice my chops and learn new songs. Cause I have to like learn the covers and whatnot. 
and it's fine like i'm happy to do them you know obviously like i don't do it for free like it's usually like i i want the that gig to pay something that is significant <laughs> to me so yeah but you have to look for those gigs it doesn't always you know just come to you so right. that's the the thing that you have to stay i don't know if the word is driven yeah you have to stay driven and motivated for sure to find find those gigs yeah yeah definitely drive is is, is probably the biggest key component there because um you know, so many of us are talented. So many of us have this, this you know, ability to do whatever it is that we want to do with our careers and whatnot. Some are better than others. But if you don't have that drive to succeed, you're just going to be the guy that draws well at home yeah. <laughs> or, or sings well in the shower. Yeah. Um, if you don't have that ability to go out there and put out your name or or, or network with folks, because that's what it's a lot, a lot of it's about too, like, you know, um, and, and I hate to say this, and you're obviously not one of these people, but I hate to say this. There are so many people out there that are singing on stages that have very little talent, but they know how to talk. So yeah. they could get their ass on that stage because, you know, they know Billy or, or, or St- Stephanie or something, whoever. And they were like, you know what? Yeah, you, you convinced me enough to, to put you on tonight's show or what have you. Yeah. Um, and again, because that's what it's about. I mean, it's 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 so true about almost any profession. It's not so much about your talent, but but what you could uh, could could you know BS if you will. Um, yeah. And and but but it seems as if you've found this balance of I know I'm good at this and I am good at this versus I I, I you, I'm sh- pretty sure you know how to communicate because you're I'm seeing your Instagram account and you're you're doing a lot of these live shows. Um, and and I think I think it's working out for you. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think I think, for example, these past two shows that I did, the one in Mercury Lounge, and then there was one in Rockwood. So I didn't book them myself. It was other artists that reached out to me. Um, two great to venues, sh- by the way. Sorry, but like two fantastic yeah. venues. Yeah, they're super great, super great. I really, I've really enjoyed the shows in both and the sound and like just the quality. Like as a musician, that for me is very important because sometimes, you know, you play in venues that the sound isn't good and you're just like really struggling to like make this, you know, you have an idea of what you want it to sound like in your head and then you have to like compromise on the show. Right, right. So, so yeah, I've in both venues, really good experiences. And that was really because the other artists invited me to be a part of the show. And so I also think that like building community, being friends, being friendly with people that comes like a long, that takes you a long way for sure. Like, I mean, it, it is obviously about the quality of your your music and like what you can do on stage and everything. But I also really think that like people enjoy working with with nice people that are supportive, that also go to your shows. Like I support these two artists that invited me to to be a part of their show. You know, sure, like I yeah. share their things, too. And so so you kind of feel like, OK, like you you become friends and I've met them. Well, one of them I met in Ecuador when we were in high school. And then the other artists, I really, we met through social media, through going to each other's shows. And so that's also really important. Like you need to get out there. Like if you are just 
at home and just waiting for things to happen, it, it doesn't always work out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, by the way, what, what stage did you sing on at Rockwood? It was stage three. Stage three. I, the, uh, is that the biggest one? I forget which one is the bigger. The biggest one is stage two. Stage, stage like, two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stage three is the one that's underground. Right. It's, it's really nice though. Like I have to say, I really like the sound maybe because it is like smaller that everything yeah. just sounded very clean. Yeah, no, I, I, lo- I love, I love both places. I think Mercury Rockwood and they're pretty much next to each other. Um, yeah. Both fantastic venues, people that haven't, that are listening and have no idea what we're talking about. There are two venues in New York city and Manhattan. Um, definitely worth a visit or, if you are a musician, try to get yourself booked there. I mean, um, it, well, you will you will get quite the crowd, for sure. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, back to back to to that. Yeah, get your name out there, become visible. I mean, as you as we you and I were talking about before the show even started, like um, the idea of social media. I mean, that's huge. Uh, it's not quite everyone's cup of tea. It's not even quite mine. I mean, though, uh, you know, I think we all have to learn it and we all have to do it. And it's, it's not easy and it's not, you know, it's a whole new learning experience for a lot of people and how to gravitate the, the, the complexity of it all. But, um, if you could somehow master it, then you're going to be, successful at least online it doesn't always translate though to 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 uh you know audience sales or whatever i 100 percent agree with (laughs) with that statement yeah it's like a i think it social media is very very tricky because you can have a lot of followers and and people want like certain things like they they want like that um, educational content where you're talking about, I don't know, maybe like a production strategy or something. And then, or, or they want to just see you like make these cool little beats, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go to like your Spotify and listen to you. So yeah. it, it really is. I think social media is what, what I struggle with the most, to be honest. It's like, I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people blow up on TikTok. Like I, I see a bunch of people sharing their music and like, yeah, like use the sound if like your ex broke up with you or <laughs> right, something, right, like, right. you know, and it's like, I also think like those things don't come naturally to me, you know, so I definitely have to like navigate that world. And I think a lot of people feel that way, like for creatives now, the s- social media is a big pressure, but at the same time, I do think it's important to post and to be active there because people do, you know, like this interview, like, you know, people do see you in your Instagram page or TikTok or yeah. Right. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, there's definitely, um, there's obviously you said it's tricky. It's, it's, it's all that. Um, it's definitely not, you know, a requirement for everyone. I think, um, if like look at look at you for example you're still doing all these amazing things and i'm sure you would have still been doing them without a page on any platform but uh certain things like you said this podcast probably wouldn't be happening 
if yeah. you didn't have one. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a give and take to it all. But I think I think what the important part of it all is 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 like it ain't gonna go away. So exactly. you might as well try to take advantage of it. Exactly. Um, there's a guy I had on years uh, years ago now, actually, oddly enough. It was the first few guests on the podcast. And I, one of the things I told him, I was like, dude, the content you put out on your TikTok, your Instagram, your YouTube is so extraordinarily well made. And, I, and, and it wasn't a slap to him, but it was it was it was. A compliment. It was like, dude, you're making so the content you're making is incredible. Why don't you have the viewers and 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 the subscribers that you that you should be getting? Like, it, he should be in the who knows where, but not where he was at. And uh, he was he was like, listen, I don't see it that way. I, I see it as as if I, if I always am consistent, always putting out good content. Eventually, people will come. And yeah. they'll they can look back at the old stuff and go, listen, he's always been this good. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's pretty fucking huge. I mean, to have that vision. Yeah. I mean, to have that understanding of like, if they want to really see what I'm all about, they can take a look at it, and it's always going to be pretty damn well. Um, and I, I'm not I'm not saying that's what I'm doing at the podcast, but that's what I'm trying to do, and I'm sure that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, is like yeah. you know, listen, I've I put my due in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's up to you to notice me. Exactly. Yeah. I think, for example, I always try to post, I try to post like little recaps of shows and then like also stuff that I'm working on. Cause I do think that there is a percentage of people that are following me that are interested in seeing like how I come up with songs, like how I'm producing, where I'm producing. Like it, I think it's, it's a good way to keep an, an audience interested. So for sure, I think discipline is very important when you when you're a musician and social media is a part of it. And um, what the other person that you interviewed said that people will come. I also think so. Like consistency is very important. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, there is um, there's no truer thing than that. I think if you're just consistent, put the work in. Boom. There you go. But um not everybody gets it. Not everybody understands that aspect of it. Um, so back to the live events. I mean, you, uh, again, a lot of your Instagram shows that. Is that what you love to do? Is that like your favorite thing? Or you rather be in a studio? You rather, like, what's, what's, what's your favorite thing to do as a musician? I do love performing. Um, my husband was just telling me that that last show that I did in Mercury Lounge, yeah. He was like watching me perform and he's like, you know, when you perform, you just had this smile like you were just like, you seemed so happy to be there. And I was like, really? I didn't look nervous because I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> and he's like, no, you were just so happy to be there. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I felt that I really do love performing. But I do have to say, I also love creating like I love. I don't know coming home one day and like just sitting in my laptop and finding sounds and writing these little synth lines and like producing these beats and then recording these scratch vocals and just like having the same eight bars on loop 
and mumbling little ideas and recording them and re-recording. I love doing that. I really, really do. So I don't know. I think it's the whole aspect of making music. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, that that's, uh, I think that's all that matters is that you're having fun. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your husband. Is he also a musician or is he completely um, separated from that? Yeah, he's a musician. He's a oh, drummer. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a drummer. Um, he does some film composing, too. He's He has his own project. Um, he's a jazz drummer. Nice. So today he's actually recording his debut album of his compositions. Ooh. And then he also plays with me. He plays with other artists and their projects. Yeah, he's like an all-around drummer guy. <laughs> no, that's 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 awesome because um I, I again I the same guy that I was talking about uh before with the TikToks, um he him him and his, his girlfriend are both musicians and that relationship benefits off of off of each other because obviously I'm sure with the two of you you could give each other ideas, give each other, you know, you, you could you could lift each other up. I mean, it, it would yeah. got to be weird and different if you did music and he was like, I don't know, computer engineer or something. Obviously, yeah. the relationship is great, but the in terms of career, it's kind of like different. So I'm sure you guys could bounce off with each other. Yeah, no, and we're very supportive. Like he comes to my gigs, I go to his gigs. I know. We're always like, okay, let me take like pictures of you and like let's do we're always giving ourselves ideas. Like also I, I was telling him, like, oh, it's time for you to do your album. I really think that you should have your 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 music should be heard and your own music because you know, a lot of times like jazz drummers are are playing all these jazz standards at these venues and these um, like cafes and restaurants around the city, which is cool. It's, it's nice. It sounds great. Um, but a lot of these musicians also have their own compositions and, but making an album is hard. That type of music, yeah. you really do want to go to a studio because, you know, it's so acoustic. You want to get the best takes and you want, and people are playing live and they're playing the recording at the same time it's not like you know pop music i can do it in my room because i'm going instrument by instrument and i can re-record my vocals and like i have all this time and and space but with jazz you know you really want to get it all live one take probably you know of the whole band and so yeah i'm always telling him like you know do your own music and he also pushes me to like finish my music and release it so it's really great it's it's awesome yeah um jazz is incredible i mean i think i, I it's probably one of my favorite genres it certainly like it is so fluid and yeah. it's always ever changing it's never the same thing once um i had the opportunity but i didn't go to see Wynton Marsalis the other day, and oh, I God. totally should have went, but I didn't go. Uh, <laughs> one of those regrets. But um, yeah, it's a very New York regret because yeah, everyone's yeah. always here playing a show, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna go to the show, and then like, yeah, if I don't write things down, I completely forget, and so then you're like, oh no, I missed it. Yeah, totally. But the good thing is. They'll be back. <laughs> He'll be back. He's always here. I think he's like he he literally helps 
run the jazz center here in the city. So it's like, yeah. fine, I'll see him at another. But it's like one of those things where I, I sought out to go see it, and then I never, never did it. But um, but yeah, jazz, incredible. That that's that's um, that's a great thing that uh, that's still alive, and I think it sh- it should continue. And you brought back the idea that. You know, you were saying big bands and, you know, the schools yeah. should change their curriculum and stuff. And But I think uh, to to that point again is like there still needs to be uh, an education on that. Yeah. Like it's yeah, still important. Sure. I know that's not what you were saying, like to get rid of it completely. But yeah, um, definitely like to learn from all of that and uh, and all that stuff. But yeah, he did you guys meet at Berkeley? Yes. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, we yeah that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, great, great music minds meeting at Berkeley, of course. Um, duh, duh. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, New York City, you, you just said, you know, there's always great stuff happening. Is there uh, like a dream venue that you want to perform at uh, here in the city? Hmm. I mean, there's, there is. Like, obviously, like, oh, you know, Madison Square Garden or, or something yeah, would be amazing, yeah, yeah. you know, just the lighting and, like, all the tech stuff that you have at your disposal mm-hmm. in a huge venue like that would be amazing. Um, yeah, so, but it's so many things. There's so many places, like. So, like even if they're small there's there really is so many amazing places here it's hard to like pick one you know yeah no i i talked to so many people and of course they're like dude uh, the obvious answer is like the garden or whatever but but um from what i've gathered from a lot of other musicians like yeah the smaller venues are always the more intimate and the ones that are just you feel more comfortable i guess yeah cuz i can't imagine performing in front of 20,000 people and feeling good like yeah, there's no way yeah. you feel normal there it's got to be a high pressure situation the whole time i think so too i yeah. think so too and you need i think there's there has to be a level of fame that comes you know with that too and sometimes right, i do yeah. kind of think that like i love making music but i don't know if i want to be famous i know that sounds mm-hmm. like like crazy but like you know i i you see these big celebrities like i don't know j-lo and something and like everyone's always like talking about her love life and like and it's like I wouldn't want like paparazzi in my face like I don't think that there's anything attractive about that sure so yeah. it's, I think, it's like, no longer about the music yeah yeah like I I I love music and obviously I want to make you know I'm happy to make more money with music and and have more people listen to it but I don't know if I want like that level of of fame I right. don't know yeah, no, and, and that's a question that, that actually leads me to, like, there's a question I always ask every guest, and, it, and it's um, very broad, but it's a very deep question, I guess, for a lot of people, which is, like, what what is, like, success to you? Like, what is, like, what is success for Sarah? I think success for me would just be continuing making music, have more people listen to it. Um, let's see be able to play shows and not worry about like, oh, am I selling enough tickets, which is something, you know, like it's every time I play a show, I'm always like, okay, I need to promote this, tell people. And it's like such a hustle, you know, to bring people out. So have it be comfortable, you know, that I know that people are going to show up. I think that's 
success for me but obviously I don't want to settle either so I don't know I guess like all good things related to that <laughs> is success for me right yeah. people are coming to your shows but they're not paying <laughs> that would be that, no uh, they said be careful what you wish for no um, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah no that that is that's the question right because it's like one of those things where duh of course um i may not be in it for the money but certainly money's a part of it and money yeah. is always nice obviously exactly but as an yeah. artist am i shooting for that no i mean most most artists are literally doing it because it's what their brain is telling them to do and it's part of they have to get the i always bring back drawing because it's something i do a lot but you got to put the 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 you know, the paintbrush to the canvas. I mean, you have to and, and create something or you got to, you know, point the camera to something. Um, you always have to be creating and it's not always about the monetary value with it. Um, you know, the, the term starving artist is obviously a thing for a reason. Um, yeah. It shouldn't be that way. <laughs> but yeah. it is. But it is. Um, and I mean, I don't know your financial situation. I don't need to, but I'm sure... Um, Either it's gotten better or was always good or it's not good right now. But the point is, is I'm sure that's not the first thing you think about when you get up. I'm sure the first thing you think about when you get up is, hey, I'm a fucking musician and I'm pretty good at what I yeah. do and I'm, I'm ready for tonight's show or whatever. Um, yeah. and, and that's most creative people. They're not thinking about their wallet. Um, they're thinking about, you know, the blank canvas yeah yeah i think i think so too yeah that's yeah. how i think like i really i really do have this like drive to always be creating music and i'm glad people listen to it but if people didn't i i still think i'd be creating music like i don't think that would stop me and wow. i i yeah i really really do enjoy doing this so yeah <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't yeah, yeah yeah I wouldn't I think for sure like now as as I get older and make more releases I'm starting to be more versed in like the music business and everything behind it and I'm and I make better choices too with my money for example like I don't, I love going to studios and using all this expensive gear. And yes, like that's awesome. But for, for example, for this EP, I'm not necessarily doing that because I'm like, okay, I'm an indie artist. Like no one's giving me an advance to go to these studios. So I much rather save my money and like, you know, do a lot of things myself, still have it, you know, sound well so i'll send it to mix to someone that's professional and to master it to someone that is a professional engineer but but not have like all these like really expensive studio bills that i need to pay because i'm recording vocals there or something so so for sure like i'm starting to kind of budget more and be like okay like i rather spend this in like a little pr campaign if i decide to do one or or an ad or something, you know? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah. No, yeah. I mean, for those listening, I mean, I hope you listen to what she said because it's certainly uh, 
it's not cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not cheap. cheap out there. It's not cheap. Um, there are some studios in the New York area that are less expensive or m- more budget friendly, but they're few and far between. And um, yeah, good luck finding them all. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's definitely not. Yeah, it's not cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap. But yeah, um, and it adds up. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, without a doubt. So, um, I guess one last question before we go, and I think this is kind of a question I ask a lot as well, um, wh- and I haven't asked it in a while, but what, what, is, uh, what is your favorite movie, if you do like movies, you probably don't like movies, but what is your favorite <laughs> movie that has to do with music? You know what movie I really, really liked? And I'm sure I have other favorites, but I can't think of that. But that movie, Once... Oh, the one that isn't that the one they turned into like a Broadway show? I think yeah, it turned yeah. into a Broadway show. Yeah, I really, I really like that music. I really like their relationship, how they started to make music together, and it kind of just flowed. And like the songs were simple, but they were very heartfelt. And throughout the movie, you just feel good. I, I, I really like that movie. I remember enjoying it. I have to watch it again because I've forgotten a little bit, like. The, how, like why they meet and like the backstory of it but I just remember enjoying it and and liking the songs and looking for the songs after after the movie yeah if it's the same Broadway show yeah that's that's pretty fantastic um that's a pretty good thing I I, I haven't seen the movie but I've seen clips of the Broadway show and um yeah it's definitely the same thing um and yeah no I you're you're exactly right it's pretty it's pretty nice um, so yeah, I mean, that, that, that was the show. I mean, we had a good time. We didn't get into everything I kind of wanted to talk about, but that's what happens. There's always, oh. there's always the future. Uh, <laughs> I talk a lot. I tend to ramble. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's what we want. And that's what we want. So, uh, and it's also like, you know, part of me too, but so where can we find you on, on social and where can we listen to your music and any other projects coming and, uh, Yeah. Sarah Antoneda on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all those things, YouTube as well. Um, I'm on Spotify and all the streaming platforms. And I have an EP coming out, most likely November. It's called Volcan, and it's a four-song EP, synth pop in Spanish. And yeah, I hope if you listen to this podcast and you want to hear that EP, please find it. It's going to be sometime in November in all the streaming platforms. I like that, that you said synth pop, Spanish synth pop. That's got to be, it's got to <laughs> be pretty good. I, I'm, I'm excited for that one. So thank you for being on. And I had a great time. Thank you so yeah. much. This yeah. was really fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun.